asked Leo a couple of personal questions, which Oops. he's uh, promised to answer. So I'll try. Yeah, Leo. So what? Um, you didn't say very much. So what brought you from Colombia to Australia? Uh, I was a drug lord. Yeah. And Escobar. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we were expanding business. Yeah. <laughs> International. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I'm not. I'm just. Seriously, I'm just a phone call away. <laughs> so people don't people who don't laugh or don't pay attention, I just I'll they just might get killed. Send a phone, yeah, yeah, send yeah. a photo, and yeah. that's it. <laughs> no, kidding. We came because um, we felt it was the next step for us, for my wife and myself. Um, we've always wanted to serve God, and we thought, well, we were praying, praying, praying. Uh, to make the long story short. Uh, after three years of intensely praying about where to move and whether it would be Australia, God gave us two dreams, confirmed it would be in Australia. We came here. Things were not easy at, at the start, yeah. but little by little, God started to unfold uh, everything else. And now I'm a worship pastor, which I never thought could be possible, especially in fan Australia. Fan fantastic. What was your second choice for the country? Uh, New Zealand. <laughs> New Zealand. Oh, Dan, where are you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Too many sheep. Yeah. We, we, they don't sing very much over in New Zealand. Yeah, I uh, don't know. No, no, no. I guess when God has a plan for you, no matter what you try. Yeah. Because actually I had, uh, had an, a scholarship to go and study in the U.S. Right. Oh. Uh, continue further in linguistics. But I felt in my heart that was not God's will for me. Right. So I ditched that and just risked it all to come here as an international student. Fantastic. And now, because some of us weren't here last night, but you shared about your current role and you are helping um, migrants, is that right? Yes. Asylum seekers. So tell us a little bit more on what were you actually doing on a day-to-day? -day? All right. Um, that's another dream come true because I prayed to God years and years ago because I was always a teacher. I was like, yeah, I love the job, but you get sick of things sometimes. So I was like, God, I really want to do something else with what I've studied. And here um, I'm working as a project coordinator for uh, MCC, which is Multicultural Community Center. Um, we that, help. That's an offshoot of uh, ICC. ICC, yeah. yeah. It's the outreach arm of ICC. So we have different projects. I work with one called Settlement Services Program. What we basically do is help migrants and refugees settle in Australia. Because especially the refugees don't really know the system. They Many come from a refugee camp. So they've been just isolated from the whole world. They don't really understand much. You wouldn't believe that some of them, you remember we heard in one of the uh, speeches in um, graduation, one had never ever taken a bus in her life. My house is crying. No, I don't remember that one. Oh, and then the, the sprinkler came on. Oh, because wow. the sprinkler came on. Yep. Right. Well, Leo, we are looking forward for, to this afternoon. So let's give Leo a real FGA Melbourne welcome. Pastor Leo. Thank you. All right, I just want to make this um, 
a little less formal, so that's why I don't want to be up there. And uh, I thought of slides, but once again, it makes it clinical. So I just want to have like a heart-to-heart -heart chat with you. Um, and I have things to say. I've been praying about this, and I had something that I shared with our team uh, last year. But I had this word that Pastor Chris and I've heard all over, even when we were splitting into groups, one lady that was praying was praying exactly what I've had in my heart. And it's pruning. And that's going to be the, the focus of today. But let me start with this. There's, when you think of unity, you think of that's just one, one thing. And being united as a group, it is just one very simple thing. Well, it's not. I researched and discovered that there are actually three levels of unity. How many of you have traveled by plane, long flights? Anyone? Yeah, just trying to make you wake up because you just had lunch. So, all right. <laughs> yes, big lunch. So, I, when I go back to Colombia, it's three flights to get home. And if you add them all together, in the air, it's around 21 hours. It's just too much. So when you're there, when you're on a plane, especially the longest leg is from uh, either here or from New Zealand to South America or North America, it's 14 hours, just straight. So you can't run, you can't hide. You are, whoever you're sitting with, you're pretty much stuck. So whether they snore or whether they smell, whether they make other noises, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you're stuck. And they're not your best friends. And have you noticed that even in, she, in, in lifts, people, even they don't know each other, it's okay to be together? Because that's something what, that we have accepted. That is normal. It's culturally normal for us to be together at that level. And sometimes in teams like this, it's so easy to have that mentality. Oh, I'm here, I'm not invested, but I'm part of the team. Because I want to worship, I want to sing, I want to play, I have my gift. But we don't really commit. So that's the very first and most basic level. Unfortunately, we are very circumstantial. And in ICC, we have been probably done things very well in, in, in one sense. The people who were leading before us, because it's not just me, it's Josh. Josh, are you here? Good. Um, those who are leading now, we are working on the foundation that others have laid. So there were people like Julian, Pastor Jonas' brother, and David, I don't know if you know, know them. I think they came before. These guys laid a fantastic foundation. So that for us is like that plane. That is the roster. So we have a very strong roster culture in which you know that that dictates when you're leading, who you're leading with, right? But unfortunately, and I say it, um, though it's not cool to say that, but I've been serving with people for years that I don't really know. Because it's so easy to just stay in the same mentality of just accepting that we're together. The next level 
is actually called agreement. But let me ask you something. How, what, what are Colombians well known for? Come on, Roger, repent. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Somebody, yeah, that wasn't revealed by flesh and blood. But yeah, <laughs> soccer. Yes, though I'm not very good at it. Yeah, soccer is something that moves my country crazily, crazily. People go to the matches like they go to church even more. So when you're there in a stadium, even though I didn't like it, um, you will see that people wear a jersey, right? And when, like say for example for me, the thing is I, I didn't like soccer ever. So I didn't fit. That was a funny thing. So my friends would play soccer all the time, uh, break time soccer. You go out and you have nothing to do. What do they do? Play soccer. On Sunday afternoon, what do they do? Soccer. And I would, be, I would always be the only one who doesn't want to play. But anyway, I would choose to go to those matches that are international. Say, Colombian playing Argentina, say, for example. So, where you're there, what I really liked is that everyone, even though they don't know each other, they are together. Right? So, they're cheering for the team when Colombia scored. Oh, everybody would be cheering, everybody would be jumping, celebrating, even though they don't really know each other. But unfortunately, the moment they take off that jersey and they move on to local teams and they wear the local jersey, then that, things change. Then there's no more agreement anymore. They become even enemies. And unfortunately, this is reality in my country. If you wear the wrong jersey in the wrong place, you're pretty much dead. And I'm not kidding you. People get killed over a jersey. They get stabbed in the street and many other things. And I don't want to go into details because then nobody wants to talk to me anymore. <laughs> but when we are wearing a jersey like that, that's the second level of, of unity, agreement. We agree, we are together, like we agree we are from the same team, Colombia, as long as we are happy with that. But like I said, the moment we move out of agreement, then we're not friends anymore. And how, how, many, thing, how, how many times it happens that when we're in a team, in a worship team, it's so easy to offend each other, right? It's so easy to say something that somebody didn't like. Or you said something that didn't fit well with some people. Right? And we get offended. And we don't say anything. We just walk away. And we start saying, oh, sorry, I can't serve. Or we start making excuses. And why is that? Because we are in the second level of agreement. But what I've observed here is that you guys are so good at relationships. You are very relational. And I really, hats off, because you are so good at it. We, we don't want to leave. We already said that we feel from the Lord we need to stay for longer. <laughs> nah, just kidding. All right. And all the hosts say, no, they don't want to say amen. <laughs> but unfortunately, that second level is self-centered. It's all about me, how I feel. When we serve God, that can be our mentality. 
because then it's me ruling on the throne. The moment you say, oh, sorry, you're not leading, he's leading that song, oh, you're offended. Right? And at first, you have to deal with that because that's personality. We all want recognition. We all do. Whether you want to accept that fact or not, it's time we accept that. We all want to be recognized. We all want to be applauded for something. So this place provides a great platform for that. The temptation is to stay at my comfort zone when people make me happy. All right. But the best level of unity is actually something called alignment. I, in Colombia, uh, heard in Singapore the same thing, that you have to go through military service. Have you ever, any of you who's gone through military service? Oh, okay, some. And you know that they make you suffer, right? Like, yeah, like, to the floor, 22, and then, yeah, like, they really make you work out whether you like it or not. So, it was me, I had to go to the police, and for the first three months, oh my goodness, like seriously, they made me suffer. Um, I've never been a big fan of sports, you can tell. Um, yeah, thank you. <clears throat> but, <laughs> but when I was there, I had to learn big lessons. And one was this, alignment. Let me explain what happened. One funny thing that happened is that I was part of a section... Uh, every, sec every company would have three sections, and then we have this great, I don't know what to call it, but it was like six different companies. Like, I'm talking about the military service. So, if, like I said, every company would have three sections. I was in the last one, right? So, this, the lieutenant came up with the great idea that every um, section would have to come up with like a like something to say, to represent your section, right? So every section would be creating their own. And then our, the, what was him? He would be like um, sergeant. So the sergeant, he created our own saying. He didn't leave us any choice. So he said, what you're going to say is punishment, punishment. We don't want a break. We're like, no, you got to be kidding me. He said, I don't care. You have to obey to the floor. If you ever dare to challenge to the floor, that's all you kiss, the floor. So anyway, we were there. First section. Okay, so what's your, what's your whatever the sentence or I don't know what you're saying, whatever you want to sing. So they would say, oh, we're victorious, we're glorious. Uh, okay, the, the lieutenant would be like, no impressed. Ah, yeah, whatever, yeah. Okay, turn around, yeah, just start running. Second section. Oh, we're powerful, we're going to conquer. Uh, the lieutenant would be like, yeah, whatever. Running, you, you, just more exercise. When it was our turn, uh, we were like, no. <laughs> lieutenant said, okay, what's your sentence? We're like, I can't hear you. We're like, punishment, punishment. We don't want a break. And this guy started just laughing. He's like, okay, I'm going to make you suffer. And then it was more punishment like never before. But even though that happened, the same sergeant really pushed for us to become better than anyone else. 
He pushed so that we would march. I can't do it the way I did it back then. Yeah, I was more flexible. But seriously, no kidding. We would have to lift our legs 90 degrees. I'm not kidding you. So it took time and it would hurt a lot. So there we were. The moment one of us made a mistake, everybody to the ground. And Okay, you know the story now. So what I'm saying is we had to learn that to align, you have to die to yourself. Because the moment you do something for only yourself, you affect everybody else. And that's what I want to talk about today. That God wants to break the mentality about it's all about me. No, 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 my friend. It's about him and him through a team. Not about individuals. So how do we achieve that? Actually, in the Bible, John chapter 17, verses 20 to 21, Jesus himself said, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one. So what's Jesus' dream? That we all be one. Just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And they may be in us so that the world will believe you send me. What will make a worship team succeed is not the quality of your voices. It's not the quality of your music. It's how connected you are to God. And how connected you are to your brothers and sisters. It's not about your craft. So what we're going to do next, it is valuable. But it's not the key thing. The key thing is God. And the message has been kind of the same, like Pastor John was saying this morning. It's an invitation that the Holy Spirit is making to this church. So it's all about abiding in God, becoming one with Him. How do a couple become one? It doesn't happen overnight, right? So it didn't happen for me and my wife. We didn't become one, like, very quickly. It took time and effort. How do we become intimate with somebody? Can anyone help me? Yeah, but before you spend time, you first have to. Yeah, hallelujah. I have a friend who loves coffee. No, no, you don't need coffee. You need to speak. The first thing you need to do is to speak that to that somebody, right? Then you spend time with them intentionally. The third thing is you need to get to know what they like and lastly you need to learn what they don't like right husbands and wives <laughs> because if you keep on doing what they don't like the relationship can't continue it's too hard so the same thing happens with us and God so these disciples at the beginning I can't imagine that it was very difficult for them to get together to be a team I can't imagine that they really liked each other they were actually sometimes against each other. But how did they learn to become one? They first learned that individually they had to become one with Jesus. So the best role model is Jesus. So how did he show us that how we can abide in God? Number one, this is basic stuff that you know. But I need I feel that I need to remind you of this. Number one, he spent lots of time in prayer. In Mark chapter 1 verse 35, it says, Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out 
to an isolated place to pray. My friends, if you don't spend time with God, you will never know what He wants you to do on stage. You can't ask God on stage. You have to ask Him before. Jesus was not improvising, oh, Father, do I pray for this one or not? No, He knew before because Jesus said that He didn't do anything by Himself. He only did the will of the Father, what He saw His Father doing. The second thing is that Jesus knew the Word of God. And it's so sad that our generation and probably the next generation are well known because we, we know the hymns, we know the songs, but we don't know the Bible. That's really sad. When Jesus was challenged, his first response to the Pharisees, to the Sadducees, and even Satan was not, oh, let me think. Mm, no, he straight away would reply with the word of God. So let me ask you something, dear worship team. How much of the Bible do you know? Mm. How much of the Psalms do you know? If, for, let's do this mental exercise. If all the Bibles were banned, removed from the face of the earth, how much Bible would you carry in you? John 3.16? <laughs> That's the theology some people carry. If we want this to transform lives, it will only happen when you can bring the Word of God out, not your ideas. Because if you want to flow in the Spirit, as you heard Pastor Jono this morning, he was flowing with the Word of God, not with nice ideas. All right? The next thing that Jesus modeled is that he fasted. Right? He fasted for 40 days. And even in his teaching, he said, when you fast, this is what you need to do. But as a muso, as a singer, what do you need to fast? It's, it's easier to go into Netflix. It's easier to go into Facebook, right? We're tired. Oh, you know, the Lord knows that I'm tired. You spend 30, 40 minutes, one hour easily on Facebook. But it's so difficult to spend one day with God. It's so difficult to say, you know what? I'm going to stop Facebook or I'm going to stop Netflix or TV. I challenge you, stop it for one week and see how much you depend on it. Can you really put down your phone and give God time? If you want this team to succeed, that's one of the things you need to do. But that's like things that you know. But the key thing is the next one. Jesus followed the Holy Spirit all the time. So those first three things are things that we all know as Christians. But the Holy Spirit knows what we need in what time. So sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, it's time to fast. Sometimes we'll, He will say, it's time to pray for this person. It's time to do warfare. It's time to just release a blessing. It's time... Whatever the Holy Spirit says, that's all we need to follow. But we can't get there unless we are ready to listen to Him. Let me share with you this. And before I get there, we all know that 
when we're driving a car, sometimes the wheels get funny, right? They start moving. So we need to realign them, right? The Holy Spirit will realign you when you're starting to fall out. And this happened to me some years ago. I, I'm a person who dreams a lot. And God has spoken to me a lot through dreams. Um, and I remember in this dream, um, I was like trying to talk to my wife. So I would come to her and she would be like walking away from me. I was like, I'm going to hug her. And she would just walk away from me. I tried to kiss her. She, she wouldn't want to kiss me. I was like, and it went on and on and on and on in the same dream. It was so, so real that I woke up. And I just like started staring at her. She was fast asleep and I'm staring at her like, what is this woman doing? So then I just woke her up and I was staring at her and she's like, are you okay? I said, do you love me? She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, do you have someone else? She was like, are you crazy? And then I explained to her what had happened. And she knows that God speaks to me through dreams. I said, she said, no, 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 no. It's not about me. Ask God. And I went into prayer and asked God. And this is the shocking part. When I asked God, I was like, Lord, what is this? And he pretty much said to my heart, it hurt, right? That you were ignored. It hurt that you tried to connect, but she never had the time in the dream, right? I was like, yeah. Well, that's how you are making me feel. My question to you is, is that you, my friend? Have you ever felt, when you're about to watch TV, have you ever felt this prompting, why don't you go and pray? No, seriously. But we're like, nah, I rebuke that. <laughs> I need to rest. <laughs> And then we start just putting logic to our thoughts. Well, we need pruning. And then when you read in the Bible, the pruning process in John chapter 15, I don't want to go into detail. I'm just going to go very quickly through it. Jesus said that he is a true vine. He has branches and branches that produce fruit. That whatever branch that does not produce anything, the Father comes and cuts it off. And whatever branch that is producing, he will come and prune. So the Holy Spirit is into the business of pruning. Pruning is actually a blessing, whether we like it or not. But the first thing that needs to be done is the dead, ha the dead branches have to be cut off. Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, Lastful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other things like this. Do you see yourself there somehow? Is there any area you're struggling with? What I've been feeling for the past two weeks is that in my journaling, when I've gone to God, I can't get past John 15. And I've been like, why, Lord, why? And then when I was preparing for you guys, 
I feel like the Lord is saying because there needs to be pruning. Pruning. There are things people are allowing in their lives that they shouldn't. You heard this morning, like Pastor Jonah said, that you are called to be Levites. But this is a high calling. A calling to holiness. And sometimes when we're young, we don't like that word. Because we know what it takes. But then you say, well, maybe I don't, I'm not really living a sinful life. Well, it's very simple. It only takes one desire to take you off. As long as de the devil gets you distracted, he's done his job. Matthew 6, 21 says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. What is your desire? What do you want to do as a worship leader, singer, or tech guy? What is your desire? What moves you? Is it God? Or is it just the dream of recording and doing stuff? What moves you? God knows what moves you. And like I said, this is a high calling. And sometimes we can be here and pretend, but God knows our hearts. He knows that we are half doing stuff that we shouldn't and half trying to worship. And God doesn't like it. He wants your heart holy, completely. And like I said, it all starts with a desire. So when I was around 20 years old, um, I was already serving in church, and you heard part of my story yesterday. Um, but I walked away from the Lord. I was hurt, and I allowed that to grow. I didn't allow the Holy Spirit to cut that. I just allowed that hurt to grow, 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 grow. And I was offended at somebody in church, and I left church. I walked away. Straight away, I didn't want to go, you know, wild partying or anything like that. Because the values were there. But little by little, the devil convinced me. It only takes a friend to take you to where you don't or shouldn't be. Where you don't need to be. So I was invited to parties. And obviously, was very young. A lot of hair. Very attractive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I keep joking about my hair just because I'm an overcomer. All right. Yeah, because this could destroy my life, my, you know, but um, it doesn't anymore. So I don't care. Anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to enjoy a lot of hair in heaven. That's my hope. I will have the best hairstyle in heaven. All right. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Like I was saying, it only took a little bit of temptation to take me away. I ended up in alcohol. I was drinking every weekend. And I was getting drunk every weekend. Um, I started clubbing. And obviously, I wanted the girls. So I hated dancing. I hated it. But I did it just because you want to, you know, get the girls. I started smoking because my friends did it. What I'm saying here is, you never think that it is going to happen to you until it's too late. 
So what I'm saying is God is trying to tell you that he wants to prune you. He wants you to come back to him and have an encounter so that you can be vulnerable. Open your heart and say, God, this is me. This is the area I'm struggling. And I, I think that the journey I've been as a Christian has taught me that it's not about the gifts. Like I shared yesterday, um, I'm not here because I studied music like many of you guys have studied music from very little. You are amazing musicians and that's not my case. I learned to worship in my bedroom. That's where I would worship God without knowing how to sing. Without knowing anything about music. But that, that encounter with God, like I shared last night, but for those who weren't here, that changed my life forever. And that's the place I enjoy being. That's the place where I belong. But unless... We go back to the disciplines the Holy Spirit says, hey, you need more prayer, or hey, the calling is for fasting, or hey, the calling is for the Word of God. As a worship team, we will never become one with Him. And I would like us for, for, for us to pray for a moment. And this, I know this is very simple. It sounds very, very simple. But sometimes the simplest things in life are the things that we need to hear. And um, I have this conviction that there are things that Holy Spirit wants in your life. I, I remember I went to a church once when I was trying to come back to the Lord. And one reason that drove me away from that church is that the worship team, uh, a, a friend of mine who was inviting me there, he said, I don't want you to... Uh, probably just run away scared of what I'm about to share. But actually, our worship team, on Friday nights, they go clubbing and Saturday night, and then the following morning, they come and, and play. I was like, what in the world is that? How can you be enjoying yourself in the enemy's territory and then come the following morning and talk about it? Worshiping God. We can't. And I don't know if people here struggle with things that you see. Say, sometimes pornography is not just going into the hardcore of it. You know, movies or anything like that. It just takes Facebook. You start staring at a person from the other sex. Or even from the same sex. And you start allowing thoughts. Yeah. It is not uncommon now. I have a friend. Who. Has now embraced the homosexual life. And he was preaching before. He was in the worship band. And he's now a homosexual. He has HIV. My friends, this is serious. You are target number one for the enemy. Because this ministry can change somebody's life. When you put yourself there, the enemy says, oh, I need to get rid of this one. Because he, 
He doesn't like you worshiping God. He hates you when you worship God. So what I'm saying here is, friends, whatever it is that is happening in your heart, maybe it's not something on the area of sex. Like Pastor Jonah said, maybe it's on the area of money. Or maybe it's in the area of offense. Maybe you're offended that you've never been used. And you've been thinking, oh, it's about my gift and nobody recognizes my gift. And this is something that we, Pastor Jonah, has been talking so much in our church that it, it is ingrained in us. It's not about me being recognized. It's not about my gift. No, it's about God in me. My character comes first. I can't let my gift dictate where I'm going. Because if I let that, I will learn to live a double life. Two cases. One, um, this was shared by a very famous preacher in Latin America that he knows, obviously, big guns, right? So he met with a really big gun, say like Darlene Sheik, some somebody at that level. He met with this person because um, this person said they really needed some counseling, some help. So they, they met, and the wife of this worship leader, famous worship leader, was like, come on, tell him, tell him to this pastor. And then this guy said, I've been invited to many places. I have recordings. I, people cry and everything. But it's been a whole year that I've, I haven't prayed. It's been a whole year in which I don't have any connection with God. You can still function in the gifts and live a life of sinfulness. You are only fooling yourself when you do that. But what I'm saying here is not to condemn anyone. It's to invite you to allow the Holy Spirit to prune you. To touch you. If we don't die to ourselves, there will be a day when we will be in front of Him. And we will have to give an account of everything we've done. Whether we like it or not, friends. And, all, and, and you're about to enter into Revelation. So this is going to be confirmed over and over for you guys. So I want to spend the last 10 minutes that we have in prayer. Because this is what I felt. There needs to be a spirit of repentance. Constant repentance in us. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to constantly point in you what He doesn't like. David, the best worshiper that, you know, we all would like to be, the man after own, uh, God's own heart, said, Search me, O God, and see if there is anything in me that offends you. If you want to be like David writing Psalms, you first has to have, first you need to have his heart. And his heart is open wide to God. Right? So, um, yeah, let's pray. So maybe if I can get Josh to, or Titus, I don't know, whoever, yeah, to play the guitar. And, um, yeah, what I'm going to do is, once again, not because I listed sins or I spoke about any sin, the fact that you come to the altar means 
that you are in this sin, all right? Even if you, you just have a divided heart, even if you're not really on fire for God, you need to come back. So I'm going to open the altar. Once again, it's not, when you come, it's not saying, oh yeah, I'm living a sinful life. So that means I'm out of the, the team. No, 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 no. You know how close you are to God. And I'm pretty sure the Spirit, the Holy Spirit has been convicting people. Because like I said, this would be a very simple thing. But I know the Holy Spirit is like really poking you. Hey, yes, you need this, you need that. You need to come back to me. So I'm going to open this. And I'm going to allow our team to pray for you guys. This is not, I'm not going to force anyone to come. Um, if it's one or two that we came for, I'm happy. I'm happy that one or two can be transformed. But I'm sure if you want to move on to the next level, you really need pruning. And pruning is not just today. You need to commit to a lifestyle of pruning. All right? I know it's not the kind of word you would like to hear, I know you would like to hear, you're going to record albums and the Lord is saying that you're going to go to the nations. That will come if you first humble yourselves. And there will be prophetic words, I'm pretty sure. But I'm just going to open the altar. Oh, so no guitar. Oh, John. Oh, Pastor John. Wow. Our best, our best keyboard is no kidding. Yeah. Yes, you are. So, um... Let me first make a prayer, very short, and then yeah, I'll open this altar. Dear Holy Spirit, I myself am convicted by the words I'm saying. You know that I struggle because I I wanted to say something else. I didn't want to share this word. But I thank you, Lord, because I know this is hard today. But we're plowing this this heart. I know that fruit will come out of this because I know conviction is coming into the hearts and I ask you Holy Spirit there is no one in this world that can convince us of sin not even the best preacher not even the best song no one but you I ask you Holy Spirit just sorry guys I'm just in awe of God His holiness is here His presence is so thick that I just tremble inside 
And I open the altar for anyone who will allow the Holy Spirit. And He says, Jesus said in Revelation, If anyone has ears to hear, hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the churches. So just come. Come on, don't lose this opportunity. It's not about who is looking at you. It's about how much you open your heart to the Holy Spirit. I just feel there's a few more. You're battling there in your seat. Should I come? Shouldn't I come? Should I come? Shouldn't I come? Come, come, be brave. Come. Lord, we surrender. We surrender. So ICC team, if you can come. And even... I'm going to guide you in a prayer first. A prayer of repentance. And after we make this prayer, even if you're seated, I want you to come up. Don't miss this opportunity. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I am listening. You are right. I do need pruning. Forgive me, Lord, for the things I have allowed in my mind, in my heart, in my eyes, in my ears, in my mouth, in my body. Lord, forgive me. Cleanse me. Make me a new person once again. I repent. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you will take me by my hand and you will guide me into what you've called me to be. I allow you to prune my life. I allow you to prune my life. I want to be what you've called me to be. In Jesus' name. So I'll just allow the team, come on team, start just praying for people.
Joy of my desire, being found, Lord of glory, rose of Sharon, prayer and now you are now my key comforter and friend comforter and friend wonderful so beautiful you are to me oh you are to me I
just take a few moments and even as you're in your seat just soak in his presence just recognize his presence recognize his presence recognize his presence fall in love with Jesus again wherever you are just bless him just worship him say Lord I miss you God I miss you I miss you Lord I miss you, I miss you,
Thank you, Jesus. Jehovah is your name. Jehovah is your name. We just invite you to worship with us. Jehovah is your name. Jehovah is your name. 
Thank you so much, guys, for giving me an ear uh, to speak. Um, now we're going to move on to the last 45 minutes. We'll finish by four. Um, so we're going to go into the workshops. Um, so if we could probably, Nick, if we can put up this slide that says where people are supposed to go. Sorry. Okay, Ian is going to talk about that. Okay, thank you. Hi, everyone. Um, isn't it great? Yeah. The session just now, Leo did a great job. Um, 